Kids. Today we're going to be learning about seconds. Oh good, because I'm starving. Not that kind of second, silly. We're going to be learning about the second coming. But before we do that, let's play a game. Do you guys remember which books of scriptures have seconds? Like, for example, this week we're reading 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Oh man, I don't think we can remember all of them. There are a lot of books in the scriptures. That's why we're going to give you some hints. We'll play a song on fast mode that lists all the books of scripture. So listen carefully and you'll be able to hear which ones have first and second books. And then we'll quiz you afterwards. Let's start with the Old Testament. How many books in the Old Testament have seconds? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Which one of these books in the Old Testament does not have a second book? Exodus, Samuel, Kings, or Chronicles? If you guessed Exodus, Moses is proud of you. I'm proud of you. Okay, here's your hint for the New Testament. Listen carefully. How many books in the New Testament have seconds? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Acts, and Romans. Okay, there were a lot of double books in the New Testament. Which one of these books does not have a second book? Matthew, Corinthians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Peter, or John? If you guessed Matthew, you get your taxes forgiven this year. Okay, here's your hint for the Book of Mormon. How many books in the Book of Mormon have seconds? First and second books of Nephi, Jacob, Enos, Jeremiah. Okay, there's only one book in the Book of Mormon with seconds, and it actually has a third and fourth book too. Is it Nephi, Jacob, Mormon, or Mosiah? If you guess Nephi, you win a free cruise to America. From now on, it's gonna be easy sailing. Good job, guys.
Okay, now let's talk about the most important second ever, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Can you guys believe just 20 years after Christ had died, the saints were already wondering when he would come again? Well, let's back up first. The saints in Thessalonian were being persecuted or bullied by the non-believers. This made many of the saints think that the second coming must be soon. But Paul and his missionary companion knew that before Jesus returned to the earth, that there would be an apostasy. An apostasy is like a rebellion or a falling away from the truth. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Remember, Christ had come to set up his church on the earth while he was alive. But Paul knew it would be taken from the earth and restored again before Christ would come for the second coming. Remember, the Jews and the Romans, they'd kill all of Christ's apostles. Without them, the priesthood would be gone from the earth again. So, because Jesus Christ's church and his gospel, they were taken away from the earth during the great apostasy, that's why Joseph Smith needed to restore the Savior's gospel back to the earth. We needed the blessings of the priesthood. We needed baptismal covenants. We needed temples, the sacrament. We needed another testament of Jesus Christ, the Book of Mormon. We needed prophets and apostles called by God. We needed the sealing power to create eternal families. All of these things were restored back to the earth. How different would our lives be without these things? No, yeah. These truths were all lost during the great apostasy. But now, the Church of Jesus Christ has been restored to the earth in the latter days. And we have all these amazing blessings to support us and give us light in the world until the Savior comes again. Yay! In Thessalonians, Paul used several metaphors to teach about the time when Jesus will return to earth. Do you guys know what metaphors are? Let's play a game! A metaphor is a figure of speech. It's not literal, it's just symbolic. So if I said the metaphor, this place is a zoo, I don't mean there are literally animals in cages here. I just mean it's a chaotic place. People are behaving like wild animals. For this game, let's see if you can finish the metaphors. Will you win a metafortune or will you metaforfeit? If a situation has become out of control, you would say, this is getting out of this is getting out of hand. If someone needs to be more forgiving of your faults, you would say, come on, cut me some. They cut me some slack. If somebody is absolutely correct, you might say to them, wow, you've hit the nail on the. You're absolutely right, sir. You've hit the nail right in the head. When you're super tired and you need to go to bed, you might tell your family, you're gonna go hit the. I think I'm gonna hit the sack too. When you're teasing someone, they would say that you are pulling on their... Oh, you gotta be pulling on my leg. When someone is sick, you might say that they are feeling under the... 
under the weather. Sick as a dog. Now that you guys understand metaphors, listen to these metaphors. Paul uses these to describe the second coming of Jesus Christ. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken, are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So, Paul described that when the second coming comes, it will come as a thief in the night. Okay, a metaphor for a thief in the night is like something that sneaks up on you without warning. What does travail upon a woman with child mean? Well, all of the moms out there, they'll know what this one means. But we have a special friend who will explain this one. One of the best surprises of my life was when my little girl was born. For months and weeks and days, our family had been counting down to when her due date was. And a due date is when a doctor tells you that your baby is going to be born. It's kind of their guess. And her due date came and she wasn't born yet. And so we went to the hospital and the doctors did a checkup and the doctor told me, your baby girl is not coming anytime soon. So go home and relax and enjoy a couple more days. And we left the hospital and went and got lunch and walked around the city. And all of a sudden, I was so surprised because I went into labor. And we made it back to our car and we started driving to the hospital because we were certain we were going to make it back to our hospital that we left just a couple hours earlier. Well, guess what? We didn't make it back to the hospital. Our little girl was born while we were driving down the freeway. She was born in our car and we had to have the police come and help us and the paramedics and we had to have an ambulance come and it was such a crazy surprise but it was the best surprise because we were expecting one thing and another thing happened and I'm so grateful to Heavenly Father that everything turned out okay and that our little girl was there safe and that just goes to show that you can always have really really great surprises. Thanks for that fun story. So, just like a mother doesn't know exactly when her baby will be born, no one knows exactly when Jesus will come to the earth again. The timing will be a surprise. Remember how when my sister was about to be born and I was yelling at you to go to the hospital and stop packing your bag already? 
yeah, I should have packed my hospital bag sooner and been more prepared. So if Paul is comparing the second coming to giving birth, we need to prepare now for Jesus to come again. He said the people in the dark will be asleep, but we are children of light. We need to be awake and ready. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! He's here! So if we're not preparing for Jesus to come again, it's like we have fallen asleep and we won't be ready for him. Remember, as we follow God's commandments, we'll be ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. We don't know when the Savior will return to the earth, but we can be watching for him and preparing for his coming. So how do we prepare? We work on our faith. Paul knew that being faithful took effort. It was hard work. So he told the Thessalonians this. But ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. 16-year-old Maddie Hughes was thrilled when she heard about what the prophet had said. Becoming a doctor was her dream. And now President Brigham Young was actually encouraging women to become doctors. Maddie knew that some medical schools were finally letting women in. Of course, she would have to get a college degree before she could go to medical school, and she would have to save a lot of money. It would take a lot of time and a lot of hard work. She knew that. But Maddie thought of her little sister, Annie, who had died on the wagon trip to Utah. There had been no doctor to help her when she got sick. Then Maddie's father had died. Here in Salt Lake City, Maddie knew lots of people who were sick or hurt. If Maddie became a doctor, she could help them. Maddie decided to have faith. The prophet had said, Women should train to be doctors, and she wanted to be one of them. God would help her find a way to go to medical school. Maddie worked hard to save money. She got a job as a typesetter for a newspaper. She had to carefully arrange every letter of every word in the right order so the newspaper could be printed. After work, Maddie went to classes at the university to get ready for medical school. Between home, work, and school, Maddie walked six miles, 10 kilometers, every day. She wore heavy men's boots because her regular shoes weren't tough enough to trudge through the mud. She wished she could ride in the mule-drawn streetcar instead of walking, but she was saving every penny for school. Maddie worried that she wouldn't be able to save enough money. She knew her mother and stepfather would try to help her, but they had other children to take care of. What else could she do? Maddie decided to hold a fundraiser and ask friends and ward members to share whatever money they could spare. They were happy to help. Maddie was only the third woman to try to follow President Young's call to become a doctor, and they wanted her to succeed. After the fundraisers, Maddie had enough to go to medical school. She traveled across the country to a university and studied hard. Two years later, Maddie held her head high and marched onto the graduation platform to receive her diploma. She was finally a doctor. She had never felt so excited. Maddie looked into the cheering crowd of strangers. None of her family or friends from home could be there, but she knew they were proud of her. Soon she would return home to care for them and teach them what she had learned. 
After going back to Utah, Maddie worked at the Relief Society's hospital in Salt Lake City. She loved her job as a doctor. She helped treat diseases, heal injuries, and even teach classes on how to deliver babies. Becoming a doctor had been hard work, but Heavenly Father had helped her. Now, Maddie would spend the rest of her life helping others. Heavenly Father wants us to walk. Walk is a blessing, not something to avoid. Think about when you walk hard and clean your room. Is it nice to have a clean, organized place to relax and play? Think about when you walk hard and study a lot for a test. Isn't it nice to be proud of yourself and get a good grade? And what about your favorite sport? If you work hard and practice, you will have a ton better skills during your game and you'll be a lot more likely to win. When it comes to faith in this life, we have to walk at it daily. But in the long run, in eternity, it will sure be worth the effort. Speaking of walk, let's play a game. Can you listen to these sounds and guess what walk is being done? As we work hard, are faithful, and follow God's commandments, we'll be ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Paul's counsel can help us be ready and watching for that great day when the Savior comes to earth again. I, for one, cannot wait to see Jesus again. Dallin H. Oaks wants you to imagine the Savior will be visiting your house sometime today. Wouldn't that be so cool? Let's imagine. What if the day of his coming was tomorrow? If we knew that we would meet the Lord tomorrow, what would we do today? What confessions would we make? What practices would we discontinue? What forgivenesses would we extend? What testimonies would we bear? If you knew the Savior was coming to your house, would you need to clean your room? I know I'd need to finish my laundry. It's a mess. 
Would you need to turn off a show that's normally playing on your TV? Would you need to improve your relationship with your family? Maybe be nicer to your siblings or more obedient to your parents? Is there someone maybe you should forgive or something you need to repent for? If we would do those things then, why not now? Let's all choose one thing we will do to prepare ourselves to receive the Savior at His coming. Wherefore, the Savior tells us, be faithful, praying always, having your lamps trimmed and burning, and oil with you, that you may be ready at the coming of the bridegroom. For behold, verily, verily, I say unto you, that I come quickly. I testify of Jesus Christ. I testify that He shall come as He has promised. And I pray that we will be prepared to meet Him. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. That's all we have for this week. Would you like to be a guest on our podcast? Email us at comefollowmekidspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and until next time. background. Ah! Sorry guys, we have kids. What are we going to do?